Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so what is the saturation meaning? Some of you, uh, um, we got new, uh, school, uh, we got new um, Bible Institute students. I don't know if this is their first or second saturation meeting, but they're all required to be here. And so let me explain what is a saturation meeting and why do you have to come? Well, you have to come because I told you so. <laughs> there you go. Number two, you come, why do we do this? Well, because I want you to experience the presence of God. Because the word of God is important and it's first, period. But you need to see when the word of God is preached, there's a demonstration. And so saturation, Sunday nights used to be my favorite service in the whole wide world. And really the church in the United States, people quit going to church on Sunday nights. It just became a thing. But I just would hardly give it up. And so the Lord dealt with me of how to do some things. Because we were, it was back, it's been a long time ago we changed. We kind of, at the beginning we, we, we saw some things and the Lord dealt with us, gave us strategy. He told us to move Bible Institute because it used to be on Thursday nights, and so we were here Wednesday night, we were here Thursday night, we were here all the time, we had a cot, hallelujah, um, we were just here all the time, but he dealt with us to change it to Sunday nights, and so we did that, but then, man, I began to really miss God being it, because Sunday mornings, way back in the A-frame, we've been doing two services so long, even when we build the new big building, we're probably going to have to keep at it, because you've all just done two services forever, and uh, that's just the way we are, and, and parking's always a thing, and all that kind of stuff, but I miss Sunday nights where we could just go and see what God wants to do. Now, we let him do that on Sunday mornings around here and Wednesday nights. But saturation, the Lord gave me that, and he told me to call it that. What is the saturation meaning? Well, what is saturation? Well, saturation is when it rains and the ground cannot hold anymore, and it just overflows. Saturation, when a, when a ground is saturated, it means it can hold no more rain. Now, I don't know if you've ever been saturated spiritually, but we need to get you back there. Because you need to be living in the overflow. You need to be living in the running over. Because it's not till you're living in the running over that you're an effective minister of reconciliation. It's not till you're living in the running over that you are good at, really good at being a witness. Because you're not doing it out of your own strength. You're doing it because God has done so much for you. You've got to tell somebody you got to tell somebody because he's been so good to you, because he's healed you, because he's delivered you, because he's set you free, because he filled you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because he changed your life and changed your, come on, am I talking to the right people? Has he changed your life? Has he changed your family? Come on, do you know you're protected? Do you know you're watched over? Thank God for his power. And so a saturation meeting is just where we come and we do what we did tonight. We just worship God and we take our time and we flow. And so grateful for our worship team. They know how to flow together and flow. And we get in the presence of God. And then we just let God be God. We just take our time a little bit. But the purpose is for you to get saturated. You're hearing the word. You're hearing the word. You're hearing the word. And so then we take the spirit of God. On that, and we get a demonstration is what we're looking for, Mark 16, 20. And they went forth everywhere and preached the word, preached the word, preached the word. And the Lord worked with them, confirming what? Their opinions. What they think about things. What they believe. No, he can only confirm his word. If there's no confirmation in the church, that means the word of God is really not being preached. It means it's mixed with opinion. That means it's mixed with man's ideas. It means it's mixed with tradition. God can only confirm his word. And not just his word, his word that he's ordered for that season. Yeah. The, the word that comes from heaven. You know, that's why when the early church in Acts chapter something, six, yeah, around in there. Uh, when the deacons got appointed. Y'all remember when the deacons got appointed? Yeah. Remember they were serving tables. How many of you know a deacon or a minister or an apostle shouldn't be above helping one another? We should be examples, but that's not the problem. They were doing that so much, they, they, they were not able to give themselves to prayer and the Word of God. That's one of the few cases you're going to see prayer take a, a front row seat to Word. Because the, the, the implication is they've got the Word, they just don't have any time to pray over it. They've got no time to pray over their messages. They're, they're, they're not full. And so the ministers need to be full. Why? Because they need to get something hot from heaven to give to the people. 
And so it was more important for them to pray and get the word so they can deliver it. And the Bible says when they did that, the church multiplied. Everybody say multiplied. So if that can happen with a bunch of apostles, a few apostles going on and appointing the deacon and everybody doing their thing, if that can happen in the book of Acts, then I believe it can happen to you and me today. I'm ready for some multiplication. I said, I'm ready for some multiplication. God's ready for some multiplication. And then I love this, and Acts is not what I'm talking about tonight, but I guess it's all what I'm talking about tonight. It says that even a, a company of the priests, what does that mean? Even religious folk who said, I don't want nothing to do with the way. You're never going to get me to lift my hands. You're never gonna let, I'm never going to let someone lay on me. And all that falling out stuff, that, that's just weird. All that speaking in tongues, that's passed away. Even those kind of people... As they prayed and gave themselves to the word of God and preached under the anointing and gave a word in due season, even those stiff-necked, stubborn folk got born again and turned to God. Do you got any stiff-necked, stubborn folk in your family that need to turn to God? Hallelujah. Well, what do we need to see? Well, that's how revival starts is by praying, by operating in the things of the Spirit, and following the Holy Ghost. Saturation is what we're after. Until the church is saturated, until the church wakes up to righteousness, until the church is full, then we're not going to impact the world like we need to. But we're all ready. Are you all ready? And so saturation, this also is saturation. Psalms 92. Anybody got a car? Do you ever take it to the shop on a regular routine basis? What do you do? What's one of the first things you do? used to be every five, but they got this newfangled oil. You only need to do it every ten. How I many you know you got to change your oil? Yeah, yeah. Now, when I was growing up, my daddy got me my 72 Dodge Charger trying to make me cool. The first thing I had before he gave me the keys is he made me learn how to change a spare tire, which I'm still not very good at. And one time I was on the interstate, and I so did not pay attention to my dad. I was on a busy interstate, and I had a flat tire. And so I jacked it up first, being really efficient, and then I tried to get the flat tire off. Some of you are looking at me like, what's up with that? Because you can't. Because it just goes round and round and round and round. So I had to let it out. And the, while semis are going by me, I feel a breeze back here. <laughs> but also he was like, you can't, you can't have a car until you can change the oil. And you've heard my tell me. This. I said, well, Dad, someday, you know, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to pay somebody to change my oil. He said, you're going to learn it anyway. And so anyway, but spiritually, I'm glad I learned that lesson because Saturation is so you can get your oil changed. You need, what is Psalms 92.10? Psalms 92, they don't have any of my scriptures, so if they don't put them up, they'll get to them. It says, but my horn shall be exalted like a horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Make that your confession tonight. Say, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Turn to your neighbor. If you got a neighbor, say, you need fresh oil. Hallelujah. Tell your other neighbor you need fresh oil. Point to yourself and say, you really need fresh oil. You really do. You really do. Because just like your car, you've got some miles on you. Just like your car, you've got some miles on you. And you need to bring it into the shop and you need to get some fresh oil. This is the shop. This is saturation service. This is where you get some fresh oil. Doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost, anything's wrong with him because uh, there's never anything wrong with him. But when you expand and when you live in this life, you continually need to receive from him the Holy Ghost. And so that's who we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about him, the Holy Ghost. Saturation is uh, mostly about the spirit of the living God. Saturation is about letting him move. Saturation is about the rain coming down. The Bible says, uh, in the time of the latter rain, ask you of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Zechariah 10.1. I believe it's raining. I believe the spirit, I believe it's raining. I believe the spirit of God is falling still. I believe he's changing lives. Amen? And the more full you and I are of him, the easier it is to um, get some things changed. So I want you to look at some things. We're going to look at uh, uh, Romans chapter 8 first. So first of all, I just want to look at the Holy Spirit on the inside. And again, you're going to have to minister with me. You're going to help, have to help me. This is an interactive service. 
Hallelujah. So don't be taking no time off. You do not have time to do any games on your iPhone. You don't have any time to, to make you a to-do list for tomorrow. You ain't got time for that. You're in the room. You're here with me. And we're going to work together right now. I'm telling you, I sense something. I'm telling you something's going to change tonight. And, and I need you to help me get it to that person or get it to those people who need something from heaven tonight. Amen. You're ministering with me. Come on, I, I'm tired of being, uh, I'm not up here on my own. I'm not tired of it. You know what I mean by that? I'm just, I'm ready for you to, come on. We've been working together a long time, some of us. And there's some new people who need to get some things from God. And we need to pull them along. We need to bring them along. Hallelujah. They've been standing along the poolside for too long. Pastor Mark is here to push them in tonight. We're going deep in. We're going deep in. Don't you have a bathing suit on? Don't you come to no pool with a bathing suit on and think you're going to sit and just look pretty on the sideline. You're getting in. You're getting in. Why would you put a bathing suit on and just go sit at the pool? It is time to get in. You come to church. We have a, a record of your car here. We ran your tag. We put it on. You go to church at Cornerstone. We're at a live church where the Holy Ghost moves, where God is alive, and Jesus is changing lives. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 11. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Are you born again? Yes. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19 says, 6, 19 says, you are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. So who lives in you? The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Lord lives in you. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. So the Holy Ghost raised Jesus from the dead. And he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also, and this is the word I want to camp on a little bit, shall quicken. Quicken. What does the word quicken mean? Make alive. <laughs> Make alive. The devil's good at making dead. The devil is good at trying to uh, push things down. But wherever there's Jesus, wherever the Holy Ghost is, there's life the God kind of life. And one of the things the Spirit of God, y'all going to work with me right now, because there's some things in our flesh, there's some things in our soul that the Spirit of God wants to quicken tonight. Come on, the Spirit of God, the life-giving Spirit, wants, he's got some jumper cables, and they're about to go on you. I don't know what's disappointed you. I don't know what's messed you up. I don't know how tired you are of these however many long years this has been. And I, there's a lot of weariness out there, but the Holy Ghost is is here with jumper cables to put them on you. And it doesn't necessarily mean my hands. I'm talking about the Spirit of God in the room with the Word of God working with you and your neighbor is about to minister to you. So if you don't like your neighbor, you better be watching out right now We're gonna because we're going to be helping one another. And if you ain't got a neighbor, you better find a neighbor because we're going to be working together. Your neighbor is going to help you right now. Hallelujah. The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The Holy Ghost lives in you. And what he that raised up Jesus from the dead shall also do what? Quicken, make alive your mortal flesh. I don't know what you need in your flesh. I don't know if it has to do with sin. I don't know if it has to do with a habit. I don't know what's going on in your flesh. I just know you got one. And I know also at times you get tired of it. You get tired of fighting it, but you can put it under by making it alive. How do you, come on, one day we're going to trade this in for something that's glorious. But we're not there yet. But the Holy Ghost, who is going to finally transform us once and forever, he's here right now. Come on, you can live in this. You can live in this. Okay, so grab your neighbor. Sometimes don't, some people don't want to hold hands anymore, so put your hand on their shoulder my shoulder and say, in the name of Jesus, I say your flesh is quickened, made alive by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now put your hand on yourself. Say, I'm quickened. My <laughs> I felt that. I felt that. Hallelujah. I'm quickened. Ooh, my flesh is quickened. My flesh is made alive. Hallelujah. 
Now, I know you got to renew your mind. I know you do. And some of you are going to mess up your hair. Ladies, I don't know what you got going on up there, but you're about to mess it up. Hallelujah. So lay your hands on your head. Come on, lay your hands. Say, my mind is quickened and made alive in Jesus' name. The same anointing that raised Jesus from the dead is quickening, making alive every part of my being. Spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is here in the room, quickening, making alive. Come on. He said it, and so he's going to do it. He said it, and now he's doing it. Hallelujah. You've got to cooperate with it. We're just getting warmed up. I'm just pouring some water. Like in my old house and my mom and dad's, we had a well out there that every once in a while you've got to prime the pump. Some of you are too young to understand what that means, but you take another water source and you pour it down that so you can get the pump going. Come on, some of you, I'm here to prime you. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is here to prime you. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, 1. Ephesians 2, 1. And you he has quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sin. You were once dead. That's why we don't call ourselves sinners no more. If you're new to the church, we're all just sinners. You was a sinner. You got saved by God's amazing grace. And now you are the righteous of God in Christ. Your identification of yourself and what you say about yourself is very important. Sinners sin. You and I are not sinners anymore. Yeah, but pastor, no, no buts. You are not a sinner anymore. Well, I did sin. Well, then confess it and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he has quickened. Come on, everybody say, I've been made alive. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Come on, sometimes you got to tell your flesh, you think you want to be dead, but you ain't going to be dead. You're alive. You're alive. You're alive. You're alive. Amen. That's what whole Romans going backwards. I can't get by, by. That whole thing is about your flesh, the difference between walking in carnality and walking in the spirit. And then it's said in there, and I believe, and I've used it many times, when you have sickness in your body, the Spirit of God will quicken your mortal flesh. He'll deal with you. Uh, he'll help you. And I've used that for uh, healing, and I would still use it for healing. But in context, it has to do when you're dealing with uh, sin in your flesh, that your flesh wants to do something. It wants to lie. It, it wants to be lazy. It wants to cheat. It, it wants to get mad at somebody. It wants to, you know, double up your fist and hit somebody. It wants to post something nasty about somebody with an account that nobody knows is yours. Hallelujah. It, it wants to do all those kind of things, but you're not going to let it. How do you not let it? i be quickened. i be made alive. Hallelujah. I can walk in the very footsteps of Jesus. Hallelujah. I can walk like he walked on the earth because I'm quickened. I'm made alive. I'm made in his likeness. I'm made in his image. I'm quickened. I've been made alive. My flesh is quickened. It's made alive. I don't have to give in to sin. I don't have to give in to temptation because my, my body has been made alive. What do I got to do? I got to realize when I'm being tempted, I got to get in the presence of God. I got to speak what the word of God says and, and, and your flesh, the cravings of it, whoever I'm talking to or whatever you're dealing with, the cravings of it go as you're in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, 1, and you he has quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. You've been made alive in Christ. By grace are you saved. And he has raised us up together. Verse 6, he has raised us up together. He has, what did it? The quickening power. So spiritually speaking, you were raised from the dead. That's why it's called the greatest display of power ever. The greatest display of power ever wasn't when God spoke. And the worlds became. It wasn't when God kicked the devil out of heaven. Jesus even said, I saw him fall like lightning. Like it was no big deal. It was no big deal. I, fall, I saw him fall like lightning. No biggie. It, it wasn't when uh, he cast out devils. The Bible says God can get rid of a devil with just a finger. Just like lint on your jacket. Come on. You give too much credence to what the devil can do. You, you've been quickened. You've been made alive. You and I are sons and daughters of the most high God. 
We're above, not beneath. We're the head, not the tail. We're blessed coming in and blessed going out. Amen. We've been quickened. And the greatest display of power ever was when Jesus was raised from the dead. Why? Because it wasn't just Jesus being raised from the dead. We were all being raised up with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were all raised up together with him. Hallelujah. We're, we're, made, we're alive. We're alive. The problem of this world is there's too many living dead people. You know, right now I know it's real popular, all these zombie things. I don't watch them. Uh, but all that, what are they? They're the living dead. But that is a picture, if you'll understand it, of those who are not born again. They're alive, but they're dead. It's not until you get born again that you're really alive. And when you get made alive, we're quickened together with him. Come on. You're quickened together with Christ. You're alive in him. Everybody say, I'm alive in him. Woo! Glory to God. Well, let's look at some more. Are you getting quickened? John chapter 6. <laughs> John chapter 6. The word will do that for you. John 6, 63. John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickens. What are we talking about? Have you gotten it yet? We're talking about quickening. We're talking about being quickened. We're talking about being made alive. You see, sometimes you feel lethargic. You feel weak. You feel like giving up. But if you'll get some quickening power in you, you won't quit. Amen. If you get some, any time that you feel like quitting, any time you feel like giving up, is you need quickened. You need made alive. Who can do that? Only the Spirit of God. Yes. Hallelujah. So you confess these things. You confess these things, and it says this. Again, it says, the Spirit quickens, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So what quickens you? The Word quickens you. And so whatever you say about the word about yourself, when, so that's why when you hear me all the time, it's not just because I'm trying to stir you up. i got to stir myself up too sometimes before I preach. If you ever stood where I stood and looked at all of you, you'd know you need quickens sometimes. Seriously. It's the truth. I'm strong, that's why all the, I'm strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Well, Pastor Mark, you should just be an overcomer and be able to look over that. Well, you try it. We'll switch, we'll switch places every once in a while. Hallelujah. Listen, but listen to me. I do it for me and I do it for you. When I feel down and I, and I don't want to do something, if I'll, if I'll allow the Holy Ghost to quicken me, how do I do that? I got to speak the word. He cannot work with your feelings. He knows you got them, but you talking your feelings only reinforces them. I don't feel like I can put one foot in the other, in front of the other. Well, why would you say that? I just, don't, I just don't feel like doing anything. Why would you say that? Well, because that's how I feel. Well, that's where you're going to stay. Hallelujah. What should I say? The word of God is quickening me. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I can do all things, and I mean all things. I said I can do all things. The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is quickening me, making me alive. Well, it sounds like you're trying to talk yourself into it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm trying to talk myself into it. I, I'm not convincing myself. What I, you know, somebody, I am convincing myself. But I know what God's word does. And I know if I'll speak it, I know he has something to work with. It's amazing sometimes when you really are, don't feel like it and you start talking about these quickening things and how the Spirit of God's living on the inside of you and that you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might and no weapon formed against you will prosper and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. I can do all things. I mean, when you start doing that, you start, your engine starts getting revved up a little bit. Why? Because your spirit agrees with that and then your spirit will release the quickening power of God into your flesh that right now don't feel like doing nothing. Amen. And sometimes you need to have somebody around you that you have promised and said it's okay for them to get their Holy Ghost boot and kick you in the behind when you need it. Don't, I, don't you talk to me right now. I, I want to be depressed. You know what I got going on. It's my right to be depressed. It sure is. But it's not your, it's not, it's, I'm not going to, you can't, I'm not going to leave you there. We just don't do that at our house. 
I, I told God I needed a woman that when uh, I needed a kick in the seat of the pants, that I wanted to marry someone that would do it. <laughs> I am a man of great faith. <laughs> great faith. Great faith. Just great faith. I have great, uh, careful what you pray for. Hallelujah. We don't, still, we don't sit around feeling sorry for ourselves at our house. We don't waller in it. I don't have time. Don't have time. And neither do you. If you're going to live life, let's live it. Let's live it. But let's live it in God. And let's make every moment count. There's a lot of pressure in life, especially these days. But the quickener, the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. So, Wesley, make me a T-shirt with the Holy Ghost boot on it or something. Hallelujah. And we'll all know what it means. And then when someone needs it, we'll just give them the T-shirt with the boot on it. It's the number one seller. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He will quicken you. Everybody say, it's the Spirit, it's the Spirit. Himself, himself that quickens me. My flesh profits nothing. The word of God is spirit and is life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get ready for some more ministry. Here we go. Just a minute. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. We're going to stir one another up. We're going to help one another. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. It says, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. The letter kills but the Spirit gives life, or the same word, quickens. The Spirit of God gives life. So say, I am, I am. An, able an able minister of the New Testament. The New Testament. Come on. We're not, we're, we're not uh, letter-only people, right? We're good doctrinally, right? We, we need to be right doctrinally. You need to be good, sound doctrine. But, but we need to be people of the Spirit. Amen. We're people of the Word and the Spirit. Listen, the word only, you'll get dry, and, uh, you know, it, it, that's not good. The spirit only, uh, you'll float away. You need the word and the spirit, right? They work together. And if the spirit's not moving, it's because we're not given the word, and we're not given it in faith. But the Lord has made you an able minister of the New Testament. You, I'm not talking about a pulpit. I'm talking about your life being your pulpit. And everywhere you go, you are an able minister of the New Testament. So you able minister of the New Testament. Do it again. Put your hand on their shoulder. Put your hand on their shoulder. Here, stand up. Hallelujah. Put your hand on their shoulder and say, I, as an able minister of the New Testament, I release the Spirit of God, the Spirit of power, the Spirit of life, into you. Be quickened. Be made alive in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 First Peter. First Peter. We're warming up. First Peter 3, 18. For Christ has also suffered for sins. Christ has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. Aren't you grateful? That he might bring us to God. Aren't you glad we've been brought to God? Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So you see all that over and over again, the quickening of the Spirit. So we see that we have the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us, that quickens us and makes us alive from the inside out. And it really, one of its main purposes is to deal with your flesh. Your body, did you know your body didn't get saved? I'd like a rework of the plan, but we can't rework the plan. The plan was get their spirit born again. They've got to do something with their mind. That's us. We've got to renew it. We got to get our hearts, our, our emotions healed, and we got to make our will his will. Jesus showed us how to do that in the garden. Not my will, but your will be done. That's how you get your spirit. Your spirit must be born again. 
That's the only way. You have to become a new creature in Christ. You've got to get a new nature. Otherwise, you've got an old nature, and you're a sinner, and you're going to act like a sinner, talk like a sinner, and do like a sinner. You can't help it. That's what sinners do. Amen. They think a certain way, they talk a certain way, and they act a certain way. They are sinners. That's what they do. In order to change that, aren't you glad you got it changed? Amen. You got born again. Yeah. And now you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Yeah. You should, and, and what you got to do then, though, is then you got to renew your mind. So you don't think like them, talk like them, act like them, accept what they accept as normal. Our normality comes from the Word of God. This is the pattern of our life. This is the way it is. Well, that's an old book. It's an old book that's tried and true, and it'll still work until the day Jesus comes. This is the living word of God. You do danger to yourself in changing it. I'm not going there. Hallelujah. I don't have any newfangled ideas. Right. I'm going to stick with the word. You're going to stick with the word? Amen. Hallelujah. So the spirit of God will make you alive. But that, that inward working. And so then, but what do we do with our flesh? Because it still wants to do some stuff. Unless I'm, the, unless I'm unique. Am I unique and my flesh wants to do stuff? No. Everybody's flesh. Well, I just thought the longer I served God, you know, it would just come in line. Well, it just doesn't happen. You have to do it. If the apostle Paul said, I have to crucify my flesh, lest that when I preach to others, I too become a castaway, that's some serious stuff. So what do we got to do in the hour that we live in? Your, the sensory stuff is everywhere. The hour we live in, uh, the lust of your eyes, the pride of life. The things that the devil tempted Jesus with. The lust of your flesh. Oh, it, it's rampant today. And every day you and I have got to walk through it. And listen, no matter what you do to try to exclude yourself from it, you're still going to have to come up against it in some way. And so you got to be ready. I said you got to be ready. Get your children ready. But you get them ready. Right? Because we're not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of what they think. I'm not afraid of what they'd say about me. I really don't get too much concerned what people say unless it's somebody that I really care about. And then their opinion holds a lot in me. But somebody you don't know. What is it one minister said? Let the dogs bark. Whatever. The train keeps rolling. That was the rest of it. Hallelujah. But we got to do something with our flesh. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about stuff. And I believe while we're talking, the Holy Ghost is working in the room right now. Come on, you've had hands laid on you twice. No, I haven't. Yes, you did. Well, you didn't. I didn't. Of course I didn't. A minister of reconciliation did who has an anointing on their life. They laid hands on you. And then you're anointed. You laid, I think you, you had hands laid on you three times already. That's what saturation service is all about. Having hands laid on you multiple times. I remember when I used to go to services when uh, uh, Mark Brzee was having services, uh, he would have hands laid on and I would sneak in the line two or three times. He would just smile at me in my second or third. But I, came, I drove a long way. I was, come, I was leaving with something. I drove a long way to get there. I was leaving with something. So it's good when the anointing gets on your flesh. But it starts on the inside. And so you don't really have to wait for anyone to lay hands on you. You can lay hands on yourself. I was listening to this preacher one time, and he said he was watching himself on TV, and he had a word of knowledge. And he was at home believing and overcoming something, and the word of knowledge was about what he had. And so he took it and got healed. Oh. Oh. Well, he can't heal himself. Well, he ain't healing nobody anyway. It's the Lord. So the same way you, you are quickened, you are made alive. So that's on the inside. And so let's look at this, though. You know, if the, if the Lord would have just stopped there and said, you know what? The power comes from the inside. You're good to go. That's the equipment you get. That's how you're going to learn to deal with this. How many know we could have overcome that way? 
And that was it. But you know what? He didn't stop with that. Woo! Now, I like this. I like these parts. Acts chapter, no, yeah, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So now I want you to begin to think, okay, there's that power on the inside that quickens. But now the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity, he's real. He's real. You know, we don't, we, you know, we don't want to be like the, those guys. They didn't know. But today in church, people are like, who, who is the Holy Ghost? And somebody said, why do you call him the Holy Ghost? Well, because I'm King James trained. If you want to call him the Holy Spirit or, or the Holy One, that's fine. But he's always going to be Holy Ghost to me. I know him as the Holy Ghost. Or are you afraid of the ghosts? Not this one. I'm not afraid of any of them, but I like this one a lot. He has changed my life. He has changed my life. He has changed my life from when I was a backslidden, little scared, messed up boy in my 20s. When I encountered him in his power, this is what happened to me. And after that, the Holy Ghost came upon me. I was born again, and I came back to the Lord. But then suddenly, this third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, that Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away. It's important for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I can't send him. Hallelujah. One just like him, the parakletos, the one who comes to stand by us, the one who empowers us, the, the one that, that he's our intercessor, our standby. I mean, he's our teacher. He's our guide. He, he empowers us. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. But listen to me, you and I have to cooperate with him because he wants to come upon, he wants to get on you. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. And when he comes on you here, he said he'd make you a witness. But, and then let's look at Acts chapter 2. And when the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost was fully come. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. I think we qualify right now. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. Go ahead. There came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled, hallelujah, and suddenly, <laughs> ah, hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. That's what I've been trying to say. And suddenly, 
See if I can read it. And suddenly there came a sound. What is that? Well, I wasn't just putting on. Hallelujah. If the Holy Ghost can make you talk, he can also make you shut up. Hallelujah. I, I just, I saw it. I could read it. I know how to read. I just couldn't do it. Same thing happened with her. I wanted to demonstrate it wasn't just me. And we could have gone on. I could have made Robert come up and the same thing would have happened. But you know how this works around here. What am I saying? The Holy, what's the Holy Ghost saying? I'm in the room. I'm in the room and I want to do something for you. He's not here to put on a show. He's not here to put on a show. He's here. Well, in some ways he is. He's here to show you who he is. Hallelujah. But it's not a spectator sport. you got to get involved. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then verse 3 is what I want to get to. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. And what I want you to see is it, it sat upon them. Amen. Cloven tongues of fire did what? Sat on them. One of the names for glory is heavy. One of the names for glory is the heaviness of God. And this is the deal. When the glory of God comes and sets on you, it'll change your position. It'll turn you into somebody else. You know, for me, what the glory and the power and the, 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 um, the Holy Ghost upon did, it really revolutionized my life. I was very shy. I was very, and it still tries to come on me again, but I was very, um, I, I, want, I like to withdraw. I like to be by myself. And in the position that I'm in, if I do that, it looks arrogant. It looks like I don't care. But my flesh loves to be by itself. Loves to be by itself. But when the glory came on me, when the power comes on me, when and even in my, it's my whole life has changed because that's not who I am anymore. And I refuse to let it revert back to that. Well, that's just your personality. I know that God changes personalities. So you can't get away with your angry one. Well, I just fly off the handle. I can't help it. Sure you can. Sure you can. Well, I just got to speak my mind. No, you don't. No, you really don't. I just got to give your, you my opinion. Don't want to hear it. Just don't. What do we got to be? Well, we can act like him. We can talk like him. What changes you when he comes and sits on you? He'll change you. Let the glory come sit on you. You don't have to wait till church. Spend some time with him. He's so real. Quit talking to him like he's some stranger. Quit making your prayer life so formal. Just chat with him. If you have to break that where you're so formal with him, we're just going everywhere today. Listen to me. If you have to break that, start talking to God about your day. Well, Lord, you know, today at 10, that appointment I had, it was a really rough one. Woo-wee. They wanted things I couldn't get. But you, I, think, I think you were there. I, Lord, you kind of, I believe you helped me with that. I believe you gave me wisdom. You know, and Lord, that, that, that lunch, that, that waiter, he was sure ornery, wasn't he? He, he was awful. But I thankfully you helped help me hold my tongue. Hallelujah. And then that manager you sent over, she was so nice. She made it. You know, I don't know. Just tell, rehearse your day. Well, he doesn't care about that. Really? Really? See, then he, you're, you're too formal with him. He wants to be daddy. That song, he wants to be Abba. He wants to be Abba. He, how do I know he likes that? He came down in the cool of the day just to walk with Adam and Eve. What do you think they had to talk about? Well, maybe it was, I like the way Pastor Roger does this. Maybe it was a new animal he found that day and what he named it. You know, like a little child. Look what I drew today, Daddy. It's lovely, baby. What is it? <laughs> it's, it's a picture of you. <laughs> Thank you, baby. That's awesome. Seriously, seriously, listen to me. Talk to him. Just talk to him. Well, I, you know... Pastor, we've got to be in faith. We, he, he, you know, I don't think we should share our problems with him. You don't know him very well then. Now, I don't think you should talk about your problems all morning, noon, and night. But he knows you've got a problem, even if you're going to vo not voice it or what. If you, if you need to know the answer to something, you go ahead and talk to him about it. Amen. What will help you? 
What will help you is while you're talking to him, the Holy Ghost will come sit on you. Because he wants to get in the middle of that conversation. He really does. I've ever just been, I, I use this one all the time, but just out with friends at dinner, and you start talking about what God's doing. It's like somebody else pulls up a chair and gets in the middle of it all over again because he wants to hear about it again. The more you talk about the things of God, the more the Holy Ghost shows up. He doesn't just show up at church. He should show up at your house. He should show up in your car. He should show up wherever you're at. But this is your prayer. So you ready? To, are, are you ministers of reconciliation ready? You got your hands ready? Are you going to find a shoulder? Now this is why I want you to pray. Lord, come sit on them. Lord, come sit on them. Lord, come sit on them. <laughs> Lord, come sit on them. Lord, come sit on them. <laughs> Lord, come sit on them. Right now. <laughs> come sit on them. Come make yourself real. Like, oh, so good. Hallelujah. Lord, sit on them. Hallelujah. All right. There's a whole lot of hands laying on going on around here. Did you pray that in faith? Do you expect him to come sit on you? Then pray for yourself. Say, Lord, I prayed for them. Now I pray for me. Lord, <laughs> come sit on me. Woo! Come sit on me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Acts chapter 9. I can see Sepahula. Acts Kobole, chapter 9. Shupa Dakai. And Ananias, Acts, Acts 9 17. Come on. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul. So, so Saul is already born again. Or you wouldn't call him brother. So Saul was born again on the road to Damascus when he said, Lord, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. So somewhere in that time, he got born again. How many know he believed that Jesus was alive? Amen. Is that the qualification to be born again? It is. Brother Saul... The Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to you in the way that you came, he sent me. He sent me. So tonight, your neighbor on your right or your left, they've been sent of God. Amen. <laughs> you didn't know what you were sitting down. You know, husbands and wives, well, if I'd have known, we would have. No, you're, that's good. You're sitting next to each other. And you can do this at home. Uh, he sent me. That you might receive your sight. Remember, he wasn't physically blind. The glory had put like scales on his eyes. And they, they later it says they fell, they, uh, later it says they fell off. But it says, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So he sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately they fell uh, from his eyes, even scales, and received straight with. And he rose and he was baptized. So I guess, I don't know. We don't talk about it very much. I, I wonder if Ananias is the one that baptized one of the greatest apostles that ever was. And he laid hands on him and got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he spoke with other tongues. How did I know he spoke with other tongues? Because later on in 1 Corinthians, he said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. So the Holy Ghost came upon him. And, and then this is what I want you to see. And straightway. And straightway. The guy that was putting Christians in prison is now straightway preaching the gospel. Straightway. What does that mean? Immediately. It means right now. I'm looking for some people to get, come into this church, get born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, water baptized, and then straightway. Amen. Straightway, uh, he went right to the synagogue and preached Christ to them that the, and that Jesus is the Son of God. And everybody who heard him was what? Amazed. But what happened? The Holy Ghost came on him. Acts chapter 10. The Gentile church. Just look at these words. While Peter yet spake these words. Acts 10, 44. While Peter yet spake the word, the Lord works with the word, the Holy Ghost fell. Everybody said the Holy Ghost fell. 
on all them which heard the word. The Holy Ghost fell on them. So sometimes people criticize and they say, well, we don't need all that. Well, it's only necessary if it's necessary and the Holy Ghost says it's necessary that he fall on you, that he come on you, that he get on your flesh. Yes, the power, the quickening power is in you, but that's not the only thing that God said he wanted for us in the New Testament church. He said he wanted the power of God to come on you. And it's not, it shouldn't be optional, and we made it optional in the church these days, not this church, but they made it optional in the church this day about the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and all that kind of stuff, but it's not optional. Jesus said believers should speak with other tongues. It's not salvation, but you ought to get filled with the Holy Ghost right after you get born again. And then get water baptized before or after sometime in there. Just get it all taken care of. But you ought to be filled. What? And you ought to get good at letting the Holy Spirit get on your flesh and come upon you. Hallelujah. I think he's ready to fall more than we're ready to catch. Selah. It says the gift of the Holy Ghost was poured out. Yeah, that's awesome. The gift of the Holy Ghost was poured out. Well, remember what Peter got up and preached. He said, this was that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, remember that? He said he would pour out of. It didn't say once and for all pour out everything he's got. He is here for fresh oil. There's one initial baptism, but there should be many refillings. And we need to go regularly to the filling station. Hallelujah. Acts 11, 15 and 16. And so Peter's rehearsing this. And he he says, and I began to speak and the Holy Ghost fell on them. I began to speak and the Holy Ghost fell on them. So everybody say this. Holy Ghost, Ghost. fall on me. Holy Ghost, Ghost. fall on my neighbor. neighbor. Holy Ghost, Ghost. fall on my other neighbor. As he began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us in the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but he shall baptize with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Acts 19, the guys at Ephesus, remember these guys? So Paul's down there preaching, and just for time, Acts 19, 6. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. The Holy Ghost comes on people. 